Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Palm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the 10th episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. I told y'all I was going to start having guests on here. So today, we got my man Javin Daniels on here. I'm going to introduce him here in a second, but I wanted to give you guys a brief overview of what we're going to be talking about. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about worth requires work. Hmm, now, what does that mean? Worth requires work. So we're going to get into exactly what that means. But, you know, I actually wasn't going to talk about this topic today. But I saw a lot of stuff in the media this past week about uh, Monique and how she, you know, was offered, I think, half a million dollars to do some stand up. And she felt like, you know, she wasn't being treated fairly because Amy Schumer, Chris Rock and I think Dave Chappelle all were getting paid much, much more. So I was like, you know what, this is a good opportunity to talk about the elephant in the room that at the end of the day, we have to create our own platforms if we really want to get what we feel like we're entitled to, right? So here's what we're going to talk about today, right? Regardless of how big you perceive these companies or platforms to be, at the end of the day, they were created by other human beings, right? And if those other human beings are white, Caucasian, whatever you want to call it, right? Like they have the right to dictate what they want to pay anybody who is going to be on their platform. Because guess what? You have the luxury at any given point to say, you know what? I don't agree. That's not fair. I'm going to go do my own thing. Now, I get it. I know I'm oversimplifying the reality that there's a lot of, you know, policies, infrastructure, government, you know, things that intentionally were designed to hold us back from doing what we do. But at the end of the day, we're resilient people. And at the end of the day, the writing has been on the wall for a long time. And we know things aren't changing. So to keep holding on to this farce idea that we're going to somehow be treated uh, equally, right? It's just a waste of time. So before we get into it, y'all, I want to introduce our guest for today, my friend, my homie, uh, business partner, Javin Daniels. Uh, Javin is a real estate advisor and philanthropist. Uh, Javin's actually based here in the Queen City as well. He's well known for his passion for uplifting the community through mentoring our youth, educating first-time homebuyers through their first home buying experience, and he also hosts an annual shoe drive that has given away over 50,000 pairs of shoes to the less fortunate since its inception. So with no further ado, Javin Daniels, y'all. What's going on, George, man? Thank you for having me on today, man. Yeah, man. Excited to have you, man. And now, now y'all, Javin, he, he, he's a funny dude. So if y'all hear some random ad-libs, just know, you know, just go with it, just roll with it. We're going to have a good time <laughs> on today's show. Well, I do want to start off just saying... Um, the topic for the day. I know we're talking about Monique. Um, she's not popping. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that article and I just, you know, I, I laughed. You know, five hundred thousand. That's probably a good payday for. Her. I don't know when her last movie or last show has taken place. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Just my two cents. Now I agree, honestly. So I'm gonna I actually pulled up something from TechCrunch that kind of summarized essentially what was going on. So here's what TechCrunch had to say. So Monique explains that her team brought up Amy Schumer's $11 million offer and asked why there was such a disparity between Schumer's offer and Monique's. 
Netflix allegedly responded to say they don't look at resumes, but use Schumer's sold-out Madison Square Garden Arena and big blockbuster movie uh, to justify her offer. Is that not Amy Schumer's resume, Monique asks? According to the comedian, Chappelle and Chris Rock were also offered $20 million, and Schumer allegedly received $13 million after retroactively negotiating her original $2 million offer. So what do you think about that, Jeb? I mean, it, it goes to the point, the fact that she is not hot. I mean, that's for me, that's the only thing that I can say of why this is going on with her. I know we had, I think there was something in the past on the radio station that people saying she, she was blackballed. Yeah. Um, and I think it goes fact it goes to that point where if you don't have any relevance right now, people won't know your worth, right? Your real right. worth. Because you're only right. as hot as your last thing. Correct. I agree. And you know, you know, I, I get the this idea, right? Like I said a few minutes ago on the podcast of the gender bias. We can't say racial bias in this sense because Chris, Bi- uh, Chris Rock and uh, uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle right. they got the bag, right? And so, like, you can't, we can't say that it's racial because at the end of the day, we also live in a world where it's like, I mean, if you're hot and you're popping, I mean, we look at all this stuff, even folks who aren't really talking about nothing, they are getting the bag. Like, no offense, like Cardi B, like, I mean, she's killing it out here in these streets, right? And you see all these people doing these random, crazy, stupid IG skits. They get popping, whether it's trendy and it lasts or whatever. But, like, people are getting money if they're relevant, right? But my whole thing is this. My whole thing is this. This isn't the first and it won't be the last time that whether it's a person of color or anybody feels like they're being slighted, right? Feels like they're not getting what they're worth, right? So at what point do we decide, you know what? I'm going to stop seeking validation from these companies, from these platforms, and I'm going to just create my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like, what are your thoughts on that, Javin? No, I mean, I think that that's a, a good point, right? Um, for me, you know, being in real estate, I, I wasn't always in real estate. Uh, I was working corporate America. Um, I was make, I, you know, I was in corporate America, uh, you know, making, not making a lot of money, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, knowing that I knew more than my manager, and he's sitting there, you know, I, I'll ask a question. He's like, hmm, that's a good question. And then totally ignore and won't even answer my question, right? So for me, it was just, I knew that I was worth more. I knew that I could get it on my own, and I jumped out there to get it on my own. Correct, um, correct. Yeah, and that's and that's what it boils down. Here's the revelation I had, right? So I've been an entrepreneur at heart for like a very, very long time. But what sparked it in me, I don't know, I had to be probably 15 years old. And I was just thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do with my life when I grew up and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized, like, if someone could afford to pay me half a million in Monique's case. If someone could afford to pay me that much, how much were they making off me, right? Because this this is business. This ain't, oh, I really like you, so I'm going to give you a big check because you're a nice person. It's like someone somewhere crunched the numbers and they're like, yo, this is how much money we can make off so-and-so. If we give them, you know, this one hundred or two hundred thousand dollars, right? And so I'm just like, if some if someone can afford to pay me that much, they must be making a rip off of me. You know what I'm saying? Now wasn't that off of? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't off of, but Solange had that clip of Master P stating when he first got in the deal, they were offering him maybe like 
10 mil or something like that, yeah. he said. And I knew, you know, if they were offering me that, I knew I was worth much more. Exactly. And he grind. Exactly. And, and now he's worth 400 and something million, right? Exactly. Doing yep. it on his own. So Exactly. So I guess the, the, the next question would be, if if someone knows that, okay, if someone's giving me this much money, they obviously are making much more off of me because this is business, right? Like, if someone knows that, what would be their reasoning for not getting to it themselves and creating their own platform? What would be the reason? From your perspective first. From my perspective, I think it's scary, right, to jump off the porch and to know that you may have minimal resources to, to do it. Um, and a lot of people are in their, they're, they're comfortable, right? right? And just to step off that porch and say, hey, I'm going to take my own destiny, I'm going to take this into my own, in my own hands, it's one of those things where people are afraid to do that. I didn't quit my job. I was laid off. I would. I probably would have never jumped off the porch into entrepreneurship. Right. Um, or it would have just took me a little longer. Right. So, you know, you have to be pushed. You have to be forced to do that. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are nervous and they're scared to take that chance, take that risk. Yeah. But if you have a product that is worth having, it's going to sell itself. I agree. I agree. So here are my two reasons why I think people don't do it. The first reason is, let's just be honest, it's a lot easier just to just show up, perform, and get a check, right? Nine to five, clock out, you done, or whatever it is that you do. Football, basketball, entertainer, athlete. It's a lot easier, right? Like we've seen NFL boycotts before, or what do they call it? When like the players strike, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen stuff like that before, NBA going strike. They want more money. And I'm not even mad at the owners, right? Like, am I mad at how they were able to build the infrastructure and the platform that they have? Of course I'm mad about that. I'm not going to oversimplify that. But we are at a point where we can leverage our economic power to say no more. But guess what? In the interim, it's going to hurt a little bit, right? It's going to hurt a little bit when you got to use some of your resources to build up something from the ground up. It's going to hurt a little bit, right? It might. Let's use uh, sports, for example. I think the stat is, I think about 76% of all NFL players are black, mm-hmm. plain and simple. So you tell me what you think would happen if, let's go back a little bit, if all the college players or soon-to-be college players decided to go to HBCUs. Do you think the HBCUs would be as underfunded as they are? I don't think so. Do you think their coaches would be getting paid peanuts when you're, you know, major uh, PWI coaches are getting paid millions? I don't think so. Why? Because all the talent has shifted. But guess what? That might, in the interim, hurt your chances for exposure to go to the next level. But how quickly do you think the world will start to respond to what we, what our new expectations are if we have the audacity to say no more, right? And, but it means that we're going to have to give up short-term sacrifices in order to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, and with that example with the college athletes, right? You can't be afraid or saying that you there's a platform that you need that it's going to take you to, to the next level. You're who you are. You're destined to do what you're supposed to do. If right. you're dropping 60 points, it's gonna, you're going to make noise. You're gonna, you know, everyone's going to look at you, and that's just what it is. You don't need that big platform, that Duke, that North Carolina. You don't really need that. HBCUs, you can go there. If you're putting up 60, 60 points, um, I went to a small D2 school. Dennis Rodman went to the same school, yeah. maybe like 4,000 people. Right. He averaged double-doubles in the whole nine. And what Dennis Rodman's probably one of the, the best power forwards in the game. Right. Right? So, I mean, it, it, 
It is what it is. Yeah. It, it's that. And then it's the reality that you're sowing the seed for the folks that are coming behind you, right? It's like whatever I might might miss out on, I know that the impact is going to create waves, right? I know that it's this is now going to start the trend for other black athletes. If they saw LeBron James. Well, he didn't go to college because he was that nice. But they saw LeBron James go to A&T or somewhere, right? It's like, oh, shoot, LeBron went to A&T, right? Then it creates a trend. And guess what? The money is going to follow the talent, right? Then before, It might not happen overnight, but before you know it, these HBCUs are going to be the premier universities. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the 80,000-capacity uh, uh, arena to be able to host the, the games. Wouldn't you love to see that? Yeah, I would love to see that. <laughs> you know too, what I'm saying? Man. But people got to be willing to make that sacrifice. So, again, back to my original point. The reason why people don't do it is because it's easier. Right. But I mean, if a group of people had a 400 year head start, of course, they're going to have more resources and more infrastructure than us. But at what point are we going to say, you know what, I'm willing to endure that short term pain to build the legacy that I know my people deserve. And that's what the show is all about. Right. The legacy and lifestyle show. How can I do what needs to be done with my current lifestyle in order to position myself, my family, my people to have a much better and more fulfilling legacy? I think the other point is a misguided hope that one day we'll, we will be treated equally and fairly, right? And it's like, again, I always say it. Snakes slither, water is wet, right? Oppressors oppress. Wow. And it's not even about the overt oppression. I'm not talking about being in chains and, and shackled and beaten and shot down, which, you know, that's actually still happening. We are getting still shot down yet. So um, not even talking about that, right? I'm talking about the fact that they have a, a platform, right? And... They're not willing to give you the exposure or the equality and pay that you deserve, right? But we somehow believe, well, I, I have Netflix. I use Amazon, and so, so do so many other black people. When are they going to do what's right for us? When are they going to do right by us? I mean, never. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a betting man, but I wouldn't put it all on black, Yeah, right? No pun intended. But, uh, you know, you just got to, like, wake up. Right. And start adapting to your reality versus hoping that things will be different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have conversations with a lot of people um, about that situation, about that topic. And, you know, we are probably maybe one of the only races who have to be accepted in in this in this America. We want to be accepted in this America. Right. You have the Chinese. You go to New York, you got Chinatown. You know, you got Little Italy. Uh, we don't have our own, right? Right. And But they've created that. You can say that they were given that or or whatever. The Indians, I went to school in Oklahoma, Choctaw Nation, the Chickasaws and all that. They have their own, which some of them were given. Right. For rep, uh, what, rep, reparations. reparations. Yeah, yeah. reparations. Um, but they're not, they don't want to fit in. They got their money and they stayed quiet and they built their own. Right. But everybody else, like, well, not everybody else, we want this validation we want this approval you know we want this acceptance why like why do we why do we crave that so much why do you think our people crave this except it's almost like when you hear somebody say i'm the first black person to ever do this or i'm the first like and i get the milestone but why are you so happy about being not being the first black to be nominated for a grammy versus why don't we just have our own mm-hmm. awards or have our own whatever it is that we're looking for and then we're not seeking this validation from a third party, right? right. Like, of course it took so long for you to get recognized because you're not a priority to them. It's not your platform. It's theirs. But you care about being recognized by them. Why? Yeah, I don't get it. And, and let me go back to where you were saying it's easier to 
uh, to show up and just perform. Yeah. With the Monique situation, mm-hmm. technology now is empowering us all. Right. It takes less time to get on, say in the rap industry, uh, for movies, anything, because we can put out our own, the media, we can put out, we don't need big companies, right? Correct. If you have the resources, and when it comes to a videographer, um, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment, I think Monique has that. Yeah. I think she can go and put sale tickets and get a, pro, a, a promoter to say, hey, Monique's filming here. And she's doing this. She could do it herself. Right. Why do you need Netflix? You can go and reach the same people. They have a million subscribers. You can use Facebook or whatever and put it out there for free. You know what? I think it's like people are romantic about the idea of what success looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you could go on Facebook Live right now or you could start a YouTube channel and then upload it to Facebook or whatever. But like people are still romantic about the idea of oh I was on TV or I was on the news or that and that makes me successful, like no here's the idea the idea is that you have a, a business a platform or whatever and you want exposure for that right so what is it about being recognized or being on a certain platform that makes you feel like you have you're you're validated in what you're doing like people are still romantic about like the idea of what success looks like versus. All I care about is getting the exposure that I need for my business, my brand, or my idea. I don't mm-hmm. care if CBS is, is posting it. I don't care if BET, MTV. If I can get it out there to the world, that's all that matters. What's the difference of them posting it versus you? The difference is you can say that CBS, I was featured on CBS or as seen on, like everybody is ego-driven. They want to benchmark their success by these other platforms that used to be the standard mm-hmm. for what success was. But at the end of the day, all the goal is to get your message out. And if what you're doing is good enough, it doesn't matter how it gets out. It doesn't matter what the package is. What matters is inside. Like, what is the content, right, of that package? And success should be ownership. Yeah. Right? I mean, that should be the ultimate thing is ownership. I wouldn't care if I'm never put on a news station, right, but I own my own. Right. I wake up and I know that I own my own. I grind. It's hard, but I do own my own, and that's me going to bed at night or or when I'm when I get paid I know that I did it. Right. You know, with God of course. It's yeah. Of course. But um, you know, yeah. So Yeah, different strokes for different folks, man. So what are your two choices, right? In these scenarios, right? Where you feel like you're not getting your worth. What are your two choices? You can go back, right? You can negotiate and say, Hey look, you, you offer me half a million, I think I'm worth at least three million. What's up? And then they can say, Cool, we'll play ball. Here's your three million or they can say, nah, Monique, as my friend Javis said, you're not popping, right? But the most, and the most we're going to give you is half a million. You got nothing to do with race because Chris Rock, right? And uh, Dave Chappelle, they definitely secured the bag. And then we can argue, she could argue the fact that, you know, Dave Chappelle wasn't popping or he hasn't been, he was out of the game, right? Right. But his absence brought value because he left on his own dime. Right. You know, so her, she left because of she being got forced out. She got, got forced out. Yeah, because she's, I heard she was terrible to work with. And I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of that, but that's just what I heard. Um, so you could negotiate, right? Um, get, get what you want. Or they could say, no, this is all we're going to give you. Then you have a choice. You can walk away and do it on your own, or you can shut up and take it. Right? Pause pause that. Yeah, you got to pause pause that. You got to pause. You shut up and take it, right? And just like, because you don't own the platform, and that is is the caveat. When you don't own, you have to accept what you're given. Right? But the crazy thing is, 
we have the power to we like we are the culture. Let's be honest. Like let's not even sugarcoat it, right? Yeah. You look at the league, right? Like NFL, NBA, majority black, right? You look at all the music that people care about, right? This this driving the culture forward. You know, hip hop, black culture, right? But you still want the validation of these platforms that used to be the source of they represented success. And I don't think, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I know Javin and I were talking about it uh, today. I think the music industry was like the precursor for all this, right? Like people were doing all these shows, selling all these records, uh, didn't realize the contracts they were signing. And then they're like, damn, like I ain't really getting no money. Like Mm -hmm. I'm out here getting it, but I ain't getting it. Right. Right. And so you started to see artists take ownership, you know, if they still were getting deals, like the, the contracts were structured a lot different. I want to own my masters. I want to do this. I want to do that. Right. Because it's like, at the end of the day, ownership is the key. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like I'd rather be independent and move my own units and go direct to consumer. And even following sell a hundred thousand, I got a hundred percent of that hundred thousand versus some of these 360 deals. I mean, these people weren't seeing no paper. They weren't seeing no money. Right. Right. And so I think the music industry was a great precursor to say, Hey, look, you don't need these outlets. Go out there, put yourself on, go direct to consumer, and have the liberation and freedom to do what you want. Because the other piece is when someone else owns you, right? Let's just call it what it is. They can direct and guide like what you're doing, right? Like, no, nah, we don't really want you to do it that way. Right? They might be stifling your artistic ability or the, the message that you want to get out to the world because... This is the way they want it to be presented, which is why I think a lot of what we see in hip hop, I don't think some of these younger artists like really want to do the type of music that they're doing. But obviously there's another agenda. Right. And so it's like, hey, look, we want you to do the the drug rap. We want you to do the gang rap. We want you to do the violence because they know one like that is subconsciously poisoning our community, which is furthering a problem, which is a whole another story for a whole different day. But the point I want to make here on the podcast is lack of ownership will allow someone else to dictate your message, your power, your influence, right? We live in a world where people are getting paid big bucks for Instagram posts. You can't say anymore that like, oh, it's just Instagram. Nah, it ain't just Instagram no more. Like, this, it's a legit business platform. So why do you need uh, a record company, a uh, TV network, or anybody to say that this is what success looks like? Use your platform, use your voice, go direct to consumer, create that authenticity, and win. Like, who cares what Netflix says? I mean, she, Monique could definitely do it herself. I like Monique. I'm a fan of her work, right? Yeah. She has to understand. She may know this. She just probably doesn't want to do it. I don't know. But this technology, this media, she can do it herself and easier than it could have been done 10 years ago. Right. You know, like people are really getting hot overnight. And then partnerships, we have Oprah. I don't know if they have a relationship, they have a connection. She has the own network, right? Yeah, she actually said something. She said Oprah, like, Oprah doesn't support her or something like that. I don't know, I don't know the details of that, but she said Oprah didn't support her. But. I mean, if you put me out on blast and say that, I probably wouldn't support you either. Right. But, you know, but. Just being real, right? Yeah, just being real. Don't put me on blast. You have a conversation with me. Right, and tell, this right. is what's going on. You know, so like when Javin, like when he, be, if he get on my nerves, I ain't going to like call him out on, on Instagram. Please I'm, don't. I'm going to hit him up, pull him to the side. Like, hey, hey Javin, I ain't really appreciate that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's how you got to do it. You got Tyler Perry, right? Those are the two big networks or platforms that we have that I know of. Yeah. That. 
could definitely be a game changer. And those are both people that she called out. So she, her problem is she's biting the hands that feed her, mm-hmm. right? So, like, she has specifically called out, like, Lee Daniels, Oprah, I think even Will Power Packer, I think that's his name, and, and Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Right? But said some crazy stuff. I, I mean, I would pull up the clip. And see uh, if you can yeah, find she was saying some crazy stuff. Let's see if I can find it. And then you got right. Diddy. You got Revolt TV, right? Right, right. And I think this is actually the Instagram thing she was talking about. Okay, okay. Alright, I got enough of that. But yes, yeah, so also a little IG clip that she was where she was asking everybody to stand with her and boycott and you know, etc. I'm 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 be honest with you, I'm not boycotting Netflix. Right? No, not I got, at all. I probably got a Netflix and chill session tonight myself. Yeah. But I still gotta finish the Ozarks, man. You ain't finished that yet? Not yet. No, I got it was pretty I ain't gonna tell you how it ends. The joint's crazy. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, don't do so let's get back on let's make, let's get back on track. But the moral of the story is like it's so easy. like literally if you could you can get an iPhone tripod for 13 bucks on Amazon, put it in landscape mode because you got to put it in landscape mode to be able to edit it and all that kind of stuff. Put it in landscape mode, turn it on, and you could, from the comfort of your home with some reasonable lighting, put out a pretty dope video, right? Like, stop waiting for access. Stop waiting for permission. Stop waiting for validation. Create your own. And my biggest thing, how are you going to compare yourself to three other people? Right. That's rule number one. Don't compare yourself. Do your own thing. Stay in your own lane. Right. Uh, that's what I was taught. To that point, if you don't yeah. mind me interjecting, one of my favorite quotes, actually, Pastor Stephen Verdict said it com- about comparison. To your Elevation. Point. What's up? Elevation Church. Um, what he said was comparison will neutralize your passion and paralyze your potential. Right? And what he meant by that is, let's just say I am doing everything I can to take my life to the next level. And then I see somebody over there. And I don't know their backstory. I don't know how long they've been doing it. I just look at them and I perceive that they're further along than me. Now my passion for what I'm doing has been neutralized because it's like, dang, like I'm, I'm over here, but they're so much further along, right? But you don't know the context of how they got there and how long they've been doing it. Number one reason why you should never compare yourself to somebody who you perceive is further along, right? The other side of that is comparison paralyzes your potential, Right. What, what I mean by that is, let's just say I'm doing fairly well. Right. Then I look back. And I'm like, oh, well, shoot, I could slow down a little bit because I'm doing better than everybody around me. Mm-hmm. Right. But everybody around you ain't got nothing to do with your capabilities. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then it paralyzes the potential for you to go to the next level because you're looking back and holding yourself back based upon your perceived competition. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just want to interject. because I think that's a even though it's not directly related to what we were talking about today, like that's a very vital component in this world of social media where we see people, you know, posting their highlight reels, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, like they always traveling or they're always doing this, they doing it big. Like, look, focus on yourself. What's the quote? Stay low and build, right? It's just mm-hmm. like do you. Like do you. But anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but I just wanted to like No, does she even have a does she have a, a Instagram IG? or anything? Yeah, I think that's where that clip came from. So her what does it say? The real Mo Worldwide. I think that's her IG. The real mo. I hate when people put the real in front of like. Yeah, I mean, but she's late to the party, right? Uh, you know, the Will Smiths, the thing. Um, who else? Who's kind of created their own platform? A lot of people at this point. 
She's late. When she was hot, she should have been worried about branding herself as an independent thing, right? Yeah. Instead of, okay, partnering is good, but you had that platform when you were hot to do it yourself. Yeah. If you had that business acumen, that business mind, you would have done it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, when I first got in the financial planning industry, somebody told me, they said, like, I don't care what you do. Like, you're selling yourself. You're not selling these products and services because when I first started, I was with another company. And, you know, if I'm selling the features and benefits of how great this company is to my clients, what's going to happen when I leave? They're going to say, I thought you said that Mass Mutual or whoever you was working with is the best thing since sliced bread, but you left. So, like, mm-hmm. are, like what, what does that mean? Versus if you're selling yourself, right, wherever you go, the value goes. So that's another important thing about branding. Again, a tangent, but relevant to bring up. Like, never put all of your, uh, your power into... Uh, somebody else's plat- platform or somebody else's hands, right? Like, at the end of the day, you're your own brand. So wherever you go, that's where the value should go. And I think her last thing was Roscoe Jenkins with Martin Lawrence. Not to be funny. Really? That was it? And that was a while ago. And then, like, before that was, like, Precious yeah. or something, right? What's the name of that? Was, that? was it called Precious? Man, what was the name of that? I can't remember. But y'all know what we're talking yeah. about. But I'm but. looking. I'm just looking at her. And this is not, you know, Instagram doesn't tell you who a person is or whatever like that. Okay, she has 233,000 followers. And, okay, she's showing us her life and what she does on a daily basis. She hasn't probably cracked one joke on here, right? So how are you going to – you don't have any relevance because you. Ha- I haven't heard a joke from Monique right. in so long. Right. That's one thing that you could probably start doing is if that's your go-to yeah, thing, lo- start promoting yeah. that. Use your platform. Use your platform. It's not just Instagram. Like It's not just let me show you my life. Like Let me leverage this channel mm-hmm. right, to expose what I'm trying to sell. And be un- unapologetic about it. Like It's your Facebook or what, an Instagram page. Like If somebody doesn't like how much you're posting about your business or your brand – Tell them to unfollow you. And if anybody has a problem with it, it's probably somebody who's a consumer anyway, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have their own uh, business. But at the end of the day, Instagram is free marketing. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, Emily De La Cruz, she has been talking about how people have been complaining about the new Instagram algorithm and how it's like not organic and it's not chronological. But let's take a step back, right? Like Instagram is a free platform. Mm-hmm. You can decide to pay for advertising, but it's a free platform. And you got the nerve to complain about how they choose to create their algorithm so that they can somehow monetize and make money because people, you know, at the end of the day, like, are on this platform for free. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so instead of complaining, level up. I think that's the underlying theme of all this stuff, right? Instead of complaining about what you're not getting, either be so good that they can't ignore you, they got to stroke the check that you feel like you're entitled to. Exactly. Or be so good that you can do it on your own and you don't need them. But the the underlying concept is level the freak up, Mm -hmm. right? Level up. You definitely got to level up. Yeah. So what other thoughts do you have about this concept, Javin, before we kind of close out today? I mean, pretty much touched on everything as far as owning your own. I'm a big component of that. And it was funny when you said you were 15, you just knew you were going to, you know, be an entrepreneur or businessman. I was the same way. Yeah. Like I sold candy, uh, (laughs) you know, penny candy in school. Yeah. And I just knew I had that knack for owning my own and doing my own thing. Yeah. It it takes time. It's a grind. um, But it's so much rewarding and fulfilling at the end of the day. Right. And, Nipsey Hussle saying, you know, I follow Nipsey Hussle. He said this this 
this technology is empowering us all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And big brands and big companies are going to die out because why everything that we can do, everything that they're doing, we can do pretty much for free now as far as that exposure to mm-hmm. the world and to the masses. Um, and once we recognize that as people that we can really do our own thing when it comes to this, this the platform, the social media and stuff like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll be in a better place. Yeah. We'll definitely be in a better place. And it takes time. It takes work. It takes unity. Uh, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. Like the title of this podcast, Worth Requires Work. Right? If you want what you're worth, you got to put in the work. And I probably, I'm sure I probably said it before, but it's one of my favorite quotes. Right? Like, we truly live in a great society when a man or woman plants a seed for a tree whose shade they'll never sit under. And that's what legacy is mm, all about. Right? Preach. It's like, at the end of the day... I may or may not reap the benefits of my life's work in my lifetime. And if I did, I probably did something wrong. This should outlive me, right? Right. And so as we wrap up, Javin, so where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Uh, you can definitely find me on Instagram, um, Javin, J-A-V-I-N, uh, underscore E, underscore Daniels. And then I'm also, as my realtor page, I am, period, the realtor. Indeed. I am the the realtor, y'all. I better connect with them. Yeah, definitely connect with me on there. And you know, I'm just teaching a lot of people, first time home buyers, people of our in our culture. Yeah. Um, the significance of owning your own home, uh, passing down generational wealth, yeah. level, leveling up, leveling up to uh, in a market where 80 percent of wealth is created through real estate. Wow. And uh, once we know that and understand that, you may think it's small peanuts because you're buying your first house, but if you can decide to get a house stay in it for five to seven years and at the end of the day when you decide to sell when you get a family or whatever mm-hmm. you can pull you know or make fifty seventy five thousand hundred thousand dollars off of it yeah. in, the, in the process mm-hmm. there's that generational wealth that yeah. you can do something with if you're smart enough to invest in it yeah I got, I got my own thoughts on real estate investing well maybe we'll have another we'll have another podcast on that as well because I got I've been learning some things too I, I feel what Javin's saying but I've been learning some things as well so we'll we'll definitely dive in and have a little a little dialogue on that. But uh, so we know you invite me back. I might just invite you back, brother. You know, this was fun. Um, But yeah, so we'll dive in on that on another show. But yes, we know where to find you. What are you most excited about uh, for the rest of 2018? Like, what are you most excited about? I'm excited about the unknown. Mm. You know, um, the platform, you know, I'm launching marketing. I'm doing marketing and content. This topic that we're discussing right now. uh, Last year, I didn't do any kind of marketing. Just in my real Instagram posts and stuff like that. But now creating videos and content. So we're going to see if, you know, what we're talking about comes true and yeah. and then we'll see what it goes to. Cool. When you say if what we're talking about comes true in terms of just using your voice Us- to... Using my brand, my platform, right. and, and putting it out to the masses, not using anyone else. Correct. Uh, and seeing um, if we can get that response. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Last closing thought. So this is the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. So one of the questions that I'm going to start asking guests is what do you feel like you're doing currently to live a lifestyle that will ultimately help you leave a more fulfilling legacy? Doing a lot, man. Um, or give us, give us the major thing. Uh, the major thing would be the nonprofit that we launched two years ago called Legacy Leavers. Right? Oh, nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There so, you have it, folks. Yeah, yeah, Legacy Leavers, where you know our first baby is the Kicks for the City, where we've been doing for six years. Um, you know, giving less fortunate people shoes, you know, gently used brand new shoes. Yeah, great um, cause. I actually, I, I past couple of years, have been able to donate and support. So, yeah, great, we, great cause. We definitely you. appreciate you, man. You know, you family. My man. And um, 
you know, we've, we're, we're doing a sneaker ball. This is our third annual sneaker ball that we're preparing for where, you know, last year we had 600 and something people in attendance wow. in Chicago. Um, trying to make it like the Met Gala of nonprofits, changing the face of charity. Wow. You know? I love that. I love that. Yeah. So tell us about when is it? How, can anybody go? Is it open to the public? So or? we actually may do invite only. Uh, but also exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. It's definitely may. Uh, yeah, I might, I might not be able to get in. I don't know. Am I, am no, I invited? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. We can fly down together. Maybe, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll maybe do a promo or something. I mean, I can give my listeners a, a ticket or something or a discount. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about but it. But we are giving you know tickets away. Um, we're in the process of planning with nonprofits that every cities work with yeah. to if you want to get a ticket for free you can go and donate and volunteer time 20 hours or so oh i like that and okay. volunteer um to get your ticket you know awesome. show us that you volunteered in the community i think that's the biggest way to leave your legacy is going back into the community and giving you know because yeah. we all have we may not have enough money but we all have resources and we have a network and we have influence that can impact and change the world i love it well, thanks again for being on the show, Jab, and this was a fun topic. If you disagree with our viewpoint on Monique, let us know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't like a rock. Like, it doesn't matter if you disagree. Now, let us know, man. We, we'd love to. Another thing, too, like um, I mentioned in a few podcasts ago, but like if you ever want us to answer a question live on the show, like just create a voice note on your iPhone. I'm pretty sure you Droid users can create voice notes, too. I just don't know because I don't own a Droid. Create a voice note. Send it to hello at makesensetome.com. We will add that recording to the show and answer your question live. And if we pick your question, we'll send you a note so that we can let you know to listen in and let you know the question was answered. So, something else you want to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You asked me the question of what am I, most for, uh, what am I looking forward to for yeah. 2018. Can I ask you that same question? Oh, I like that, man. Javin, man, he flipped it on me, man. Maybe we should have him as a recurring guest on the show. But So, what am I most excited about for 2018? Like you said, a lot, but I'll put, I'll choose one. What I'm most excited about, believe it or not, not to piggyback off of what you said, but I have a lot of content to release to the world, hence this podcast, right? Like I have a lot of just free value that I want to give the world, right? Like I want to earn you guys' trust that, hey, look, George is a staple. George is here to stay. George is providing the, us this value. And as a result of that, we're going to show up and support him, right? And that's what I'm most excited about, just all these ideas that I've, I've kind of conceptualize getting them out to the world some free some paid but uh just getting those ideas out right yeah. like making something that was once a thought a thing mm -hmm. and javin you know he always brings it up because I, I i always remind him of it but one of the most important things is execution you know and so i'm just excited to be able to make 2018 a year of execution like not talking about it getting it done not that i've ever been a big talker which you probably would disagree with because i have a podcast where we've been talking for 40 minutes but in terms of business, I, I like to execute. If I mm -hmm. say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So I'm looking forward to just putting myself out there a little more and probably even telling you guys what I want to do before it's done so that you guys can hold me accountable. So thanks for pushing back on me, man. I appreciate that. I was no able, problem, man. being able to share uh, what I'm excited about. So, yeah, that, we're going to wrap up for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until the next time, peace. Yo. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Achenpong, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.